0: Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories.
1: Episode 5. The Haunted Spring.
2: In Hydesville, we were witches. But in Rochester, we were queens. We had a line around the block of crusaders from far and wide, visitors to the shrine.
3: I'd remind our visitors to keep it down. A seance is proceeding.
2: However, when women suddenly start making money, especially more money than men, obstacles develop, scrutiny unfolds, and the questions become endless.
0: Does Miss Adelaide Granger claim to handle the bookkeeping for the Fox Sisters? She does. So she would affirm that a seance parlor, whatever the fuck that is, constitutes a business.
3: We provide a service, Mr. Tweed. As you know, women are meant to serve. We would never dream of engaging in such masculine pursuits as busyness.
4: Nevertheless,
0: profits are being made.
3: Is profiteering against the law?
0: It is, if New York determines as
3: an avoidance of taxes. I doubt New York would get very far taxing the dead.
0: It's not the dead we're speaking of, Miss Granger though speaking to the dead seems to be a bit of a grift for you another entanglement was the united council of religion june the third 1848 proceeding shall now commence the sheer magnitude of
2: religious factions clusterfucked inside a single room was enough to make your head spin
0: miss leah fox thank you for joining us this morning Tis a pleasure it states here that you are a licensed music teacher that's correct is this your primary practice it was
2: until recently
0: And what has changed, Miss Fox?
2: My fortunes.
0: Does the madam consider wealth for personal gain
4: a godly pursuit?
2: Hmm. I'll have a think on that one. But so far,
3: it feels heavenly. Is it
4: ethical, in the lady's assessment, to accept money from the feeble-minded?
3: Well, we accept money from hecklers, scoffers, and skeptics as well. Some of them expose themselves, the teenagers, during the proceedings, but nevertheless we take their money all the same.
0: Are you implying that children are being exposed
4: to male genitalia?
3: Well, what you must understand about these girls, they're very method. Their eyes roll in the back of their heads, it's all very dark, and the lads who reveal themselves tend to have the least amount to show for it. So when you add it all up, technically, no.
4: What exactly is a seance?
2: Well, I suppose it's different for each individual. Essentially, it involves a person communing with a loved one from beyond the grave.
0: Is this taken as a serious endeavor?
2: Oh, it's very serious and very personal. It is a sacred, holistic experience. You should give it a try.
3: (laughs) So when you add it all up, the girls are essentially oblivious to the lion's share of our earnings.
0: Are you implying these tormentors are a sizable faction of the Fox Sisters' clientele?
3: I would define them as our most valuable customers.
0: How is that possible?
3: They represent repeat traffic. Some even become converted.
0: And what of the unconverted? Are you saying they return as well?
3: Not only do they return, but they happily pay us double. Why exactly would a skeptic pay double for a ruse? Well, I suppose maybe it has something to do with... They feel... Entertained.
0: Can you give us an example, Miss Fox, of what a séance might entail? Garden variety. Oh, uh, sure.
2: I guess, well, usually it begins with a note. A piano note. E-flat major.
0: And who is playing the note?
2: The spirit. Something of the Schubert variety. Noturno or nocturne, meaning evocative of the night. But of course, the spirit doesn't have quite the finesse of Schubert, so he just sort of plays the same note over and over again in steady repetition. Like a death knell, it continues for the duration of the session. We join hands with our guest, practitioner and patron, much like the Quakers, and close our eyes. Then Maggie, the elder, chants a hymn from the spirit's song, or... The haunted spring. Watch yourself before you crawl inside somebody else. Then the walls begin to tremble. Even though you've disappeared with no goodbye, and the table starts to.
4: There seems to be a sexual nature to these séances, Mrs. Granger.
3: I'd say it's more of the hypnotic nature that enchants the lads to the ladies.
4: There seems to be a very musical aspect to the dubious conjuring.
3: Correct. Much like church.
0: Or perhaps the enchantresses are seducing the clientele?
3: I assure you, they are not.
4: One might suggest that teaching music is a rare and honorable profession for a woman. It is. One also might suggest that the conjurings raise serious questions, not least of which is your aptitude or qualification to practice these commons.
2: I merely manage the proceedings. It's
0: my sisters
2: who are imbued with
0: certain talents. Margareta Fox is defined by witnesses to be a highly attractive medium.
3: True, she's admittedly quite stunning, but the younger one is one of the most bizarre eggs ever hatched in the West. I mean, the girl literally spews ectoplasm. Uh,
4: Ecto-what?
3: It sort of discharges from her orifice in a spiritual eruption. My God. What the hell
4: kind
0: of show are you running down there?
3: The non-taxable kind, Mr. Tweed.
0: Well, we'll see about that. I'm sure that somewhere between a brothel and the theatre of the absurd, there is money to be found.
3: Allow me to cite the Tariff of 1832, page 326. Only manufactured goods and produce are taxable by the United States government. There will be no taxes levied on income under the federal statute, nor for services rendered.
0: Nevertheless, the state of New York will be auditing the Fox's parlour.
3: By all means, have a visit.
0: Oh, I will, Mrs. Granger. Personally.
3: Perfect. We need all the clients we can get.
0: Is the lady suggesting that I would be a likely convert?
3: I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just saying, be careful what you wish for.
2: Most people credit me and my sisters, the Fox sisters, as the founders of modern spiritualism. But that's not quite accurate. Basically what happened was, when we started talking to the dead and making it fashionable, people started questioning their religion. And while they were losing their faith, they started wondering aloud. Well, what's the fucking point of it all? What are we to believe in now, in the absence of God? So I offered them ghosts.
0: What makes you, Miss Fox, an authority on the occult?
2: Well, if there's a license needed for talking to the dead, I'm more than happy to apply.
0: It's not as much a legal question,
4: but rather a moral one.
2: You don't need to be a pillar of the community to hold communion.
4: (laughs) I'd argue quite the contrary.
2: There are, by my count, 17 religious leaders in this room. Not only are we in the midst of a second Great Awakening, but New York is currently the epicenter of spiritual pursuit. Almost every day, it seems, a new church pops up, a new religion. Look around you. The Mormons, the Shakers, the Methodists, the Millerites, all sprouting up in just the past few years. The list is endless.
4: You're not equating yourselves as a religious The list
2: is endless. The Quakers alone have over six different factions.
4: Now, wait a second. The Friends of
2: this, or the Society of that, the Hicksites, the Wilburites. Why not just say the Quakerites and call it a day? Hold on. I mean, I just get dizzy thinking about it.
4: Miss Fox. So
2: if you want to talk about the moral calculus of fortunes, I'll be damned if I'm the only one in this room making some serious fucking calls.
4: Point.
2: This <laughs> disrespect! All I'm saying is, why is everyone so threatened by three little girls in a shanty? Surely there's room for all of us in Rochester.
4: There's room for interpretations of the Bible, but that's not what you're doing. The shanty.
2: I read the Bible every day, and believing in God is not mutually exclusive to believing in
4: spirits. It most certainly is, Miss Bart. The notion that there are abandoned souls
0: walking among us in purgatory would be a nightmarish scenario of epic implications.
2: Yet the Bible speaks of sinning and starvation, hell and torture. Are these any less nightmarish topics?
4: The Bible enlightens us to maxims, love, sacrifice, and forgiveness, the simple foundations of humanity.
2: I'd argue that newer books embody those ideals better than the Bible.
4: Newer books?
2: In contemporary literature, ghosts are widely accepted as part of love. You are
4: aware those are books of fiction. And
2: what of Noah's Ark or the parting of the Red Sea? Are those not events of fiction?
4: You're one step away from blasphemy.
2: Have you, in your lifetime, ever witnessed such a supernatural
0: occurrence? Oh, you can't be serious. There's a parable. Miss Fox.
2: But they no longer speak to our generation. They don't encapsulate the rapidly changing landscape of the West. In America, people want something new. Take, for example, the Book of Mormon, written not 20 years ago, and it has a whole legion of devout followers.
0: Okay, I'll concede that we have our own book, Miss Fox. if you'll concede that it's still based on the teachings of Christ. But in
2: the future, there will be new Christ's, new Bibles. And they will adjust their parables for younger generations, thirsty for something different to believe in, whether that be the paranormal or alien beings.
4: Gods are not alien beings. But gods
2: simply cannot compete with pop culture. (laughs) Look no further than Charles Dickens. His recent novel involves ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. And it's captivated the zeitgeist. It's
0: a children's tale, Miss Fox. Hardly comparable to scripture.
2: Have you read it to your children?
0: Well, yes, of course.
2: And what do your children think when you recite tales of the dead to them
0: on Christmas Eve? They think it's a fantastic yarn. But
2: do they not also get just a teensy bit giddy?
0: at the notion of ghosts. Uh,
4: Miss Fox, children's minds are impressionable. Eventually they mature, they comprehend. Yes, agreed. They dispense of foolish notions such as ghouls and godliness. Only to replace them
2: with mystical afterworlds adorned with clouds and golden
4: gifts. I'm not going to sit here and listen to a gypsy charlatan ridicule the Teachings of Christ. No one asked you to. Simply put, you are a fraud and hustler. I am
2: a Christian, same as you.
4: Are you honestly comparing the Bible to a Christmas fable?
2: I'm saying the Bible is uninspiring in its depiction of baby Jesus. People are more interested in ghosts.
0: Shut religious Order! The Bible is a most influential and definitive account of the Nativity. And
2: yet, year after year, we celebrate Yuletide, with gifts and games and family gatherings around pine trees and living rooms all across Western civilization. So? So I ask you this. Which book better embodies the universally accepted depiction of Christmas? The Bible or Dickens?
4: That is a single most offensive thing I've ever heard.
2: Well then you better buckle up, boy. Because we are on the eve of war. North, south, black, white, men and women killing each other for a piece of the American dream. And if you can't handle a couple of harmless little ladies etching out a living on a street corner, you better get your bulls out of the trenches. You don't have the stomach for it.
5: Hey there. This is Troyan Belisario, and I'm so incredibly excited to tell you about my new scripted fiction podcast. Lusum. I created and wrote this show alongside my good friend, Josh Close, and I also play Phil, a highly skilled technician who works for a fictional pioneering tech company, Adlusim OI. Our story begins as the company prepares to roll out a game changing new update to their corporeal augmented reality assistant or Cara for short Cara with presence ups the sensory experience. Users will not only hear and see their Caras, but also feel her company in the room but once unleashed on the general public, what other nefarious uses could people find for presence? Lusum is a grounded sci-fi thrill ride you won't want to miss, starring Chris Pine, Olivia Wilde, and me, alongside Fiona Shaw, Clancy Brown, and many more. Follow Lusum on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening now to be among the first to listen.
1: The world is pretty strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah, a lot stranger than you might think. Are we talking cryptids, ghosts, UFOs, that sort of thing? Oh, hell yeah. Only every week on Bigfoot Collectors Club.
1: Hi, I'm Michael McMillan.
0: I'm Bryce Johnson. And I'm Riley Bray.
1: Each week on the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast, we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. Sasquatch.
0: Check. Aliens.
1: Obviously.
0: Dogman. I mean, let's not get carried away.
1: Sometimes we chat with actors and comedians about weird stuff they've experienced, like how did this get made, to Paul Sheer.
0: Other times we talk to experts about the realm of the unknown, like Monster Quest producer Doug Highcheck. We also do deep dives into topics like Roswell, Men in Black, even the abominable snowman.
1: So check out new episodes of Bigfoot Collectors Club every Wednesday on Wood Elf Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Your reality may depend on it. August is here and summer is winding down, but we are here to help you plan your perfect end of summer break. On the Strong Sense of Place podcast, we explore different destinations and discuss what makes them special. We talk about the landscape, the culture, the local food. And then we recommend five books we love that took us there on the page. Whether you're looking for a beach vacation, a city break, or a solid company for a road trip, we have something for you. Binge more than 50 episodes of Strong Sense of Place wherever you get your podcasts. Deep into
2: the 19th century, there was a concerted effort to get women a seat at the table. And I think there was a lot of anger about how the Fox sisters ended up getting a seat at the table without really using the proper channels. But you know the old saying, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Well, I tried to make a go of it, and all I can say is, you can't win them all.
4: I'd like to make a motion that the Fox sisters be stricken from record as anything resembling... A religious entity Aye. Nothing more than a duplicitous and fraudulent spectacle Aye. Shall be denounced and shunned from the community As there seems to be clear evidence of devilry
0: Aye. I second the pastor's motion
5: Aye third. Aye.
0: All hands rise for the expulsion of the foxes for clergy consideration And their excommunication from the council's resources and reverence Is that everyone?
2: Well, that was it We'd been in business for all of
0: four weeks. The final tally?
2: And they were about to fuck us three ways from Sunday.
0: Okay, and those who are opposed?
2: Then, in an odd twist, the least likely dissenter
0: appeared. Amy Post, you have an objection?
6: I do.
4: Perhaps Mrs. Post would first like to discuss with me in private her objection. I would not. But we both represent the Quakers.
6: You represent the Hicksite Quakers, whereas I represent the Progressives.
4: Amy, I would strongly suggest that the Quakers be unified.
6: But we are not unified, as Miss Fox has duly observed, and haven't been for quite some time.
0: Curious, what is the sway of Mrs. Post's lone vote compared to that of her brethren? Um, the Friends Congregation now... Dwarfs the Hicksites. In fact, over the past two years, their coalition has expanded so rapidly that they've surpassed all five other Quaker factions combined.
6: The Progressives have pledged our support for abolitionists, women's suffrage, and other social reforms. Simply put, we're inclusive of non-Quakers, whereas the Hicksites are only in it for the Hicksites.
0: And what is the lady's objection?
6: The same. If we're not inclusive to new ideas, even ideas that scare us, we will most certainly suffer the same dwindling numbers as the Quakers. Is it Christian to denounce something that we do not understand?
0: You don't honestly believe that what the Foxes are doing is Christian?
6: I believe that they believe in what they're doing. Wholeheartedly. I didn't see it before. Now I do. More to the point, so does half of Rochester. If we deny these people a seat at our table, we're denying half of Rochester their beliefs.
4: But, Amy... Now,
6: I'm not saying we confer upon them any special seal of approval. They're not a political organization. They certainly shouldn't be going to Seneca Falls or anything like that. But they have every right to exist and every right to be left alone.
4: What they do is not comparable to God's vision of Earth and Heaven.
6: Who's God? Who's Heaven? By my count, there are 17 shepherds in this room. With 17 distinct interpretations of gods, guidebooks, and immortality. So let's just be perfectly honest about it. We can't all be right. Save by the bell.
2: For the moment, anyway. But the red tape would continue. And little did we know there was another entity on the rise. They called themselves the Pioneer Society of Rochester, a men's only club, a group of crafty engineers at the forefront of the industrial revolution who were about to play a major role in our near future. And they weren't quite as refined as the grand institutions. From the taxmen to the politicians, to the holy powers that be, it would be this little band of curious machinists who would prove to be the most dangerous of them all.
1: This is The Foxes of Hydesville, starring Carrie Mulligan, McKenna Grace, Christina
6: Brucato, and Phoebe Tonkin. The
1: Foxes of Hydesville stars Carrie Mulligan as Leah Fox, Phoebe Tonkin as Adelaide Granger, McKenna Grace as Katie Fox, Christina Brucato as Maggie Fox, with additional roles by the criminal content players including Dwayne Hill, Jim Conroy, James O'Connor, Mara Kasson. Written and directed by Sean Christensen. Executive produced by Kerry Mulligan, Sean Christensen, and Gabriel Mason. Co-executive produced by Mara Kasson and Christina Brucato. Produced by Brendan Hubbard and Adam Volerich. Associate produced by Nick Masetti. Sound design by Brandon Jones. Composed by Darren Morsey. Editing, Mixing, Mastering, and Additional Music by Nick Massetti. Additional editing by Sean Christensen and Adam Voleridge. Marketing lead Ellie Kotapish. Production assistance by Melissa Fitzsimmons. Artwork by Lon Chan. Credits read by Natalie Press. Special thanks to Dave Williams, The Invisible Studios, and Fancy Film. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.